0: Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to AmyRolinson.com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by the magical Mark Lee. Hi Mark, how are you?
1: Hi Amy, I'm great, thanks. hope you're good too.
0: I am very much, and I just wanted to say thank you for all the people that you've been forwarding to me to come on the show. I'm really grateful for your recommendations. Yeah,
1: it was a pleasure. I love I love listening to uh, to everybody, whether I know them or not.
0: Oh, thank you. So let's let's dive into your episode. What is it that you're up to at the moment, Mark?
1: Well, tomorrow I have the launch of my Soul Practice Club. So for some years I've been. Working almost exclusively with sole practitioner accountants. If you're not an accountant, don't switch off. Yeah, I speak to other people as well, but that's where my focus has been. And a few years ago, I was running a round table group in London uh, for sole practitioner accountants. And those who came loved it, but a lot of accountants around the country said they couldn't get into London for an early morning. So I wasn't getting the numbers that I wanted and that the other members wanted, although they all seemed to love it. At the end of 2019, I said, look, I'm going to stop making all this effort trying to boost our numbers. Uh, let's end on a high, and I'm going to go off. And in 2020, I'm going to focus on that other key aspect of my career: professional speaking at events and conferences for accountants and tax people and bookkeepers and whatever. And that was the beginning of 2020. You may remember that most people's plans were stymied in 2020. And I moved. I focused more on mentoring and an online business that I have throughout 2020. And that was fine. And then in 2021, I was getting more people saying, come on, Mark, do a let's have a mentoring group. You're well-known and well-liked, which is very nice. Uh, And I didn't get around to it until earlier this year. I effectively promised a couple of people, yes, I'm going to start one in September. And in June, I did an online survey for accountants on my mailing list and said, what would you like this uh, an online mentoring group or mastermind group to to have in it? And it it was quite nice in a way, because all the things I wanted to have in it, they ticked. And all the things that I only put on the list because other people offer them, they didn't tick. I thought, well, that's good. Either they know that I wouldn't be as good as other people, that's fine, or they only want from me what I think I can deliver. And I was pleased with how I priced it, much, much more reasonable than some others, because I really wanted to focus on helping the sole practitioners without upselling them to anything big and expensive later. If they want me to mentor them one-to-one that would be great but I'm not counting on it and so I kicked off and said we'll have two groups because there was there wasn't um agreement as, to, as regards what time to have the meetings so we've got one starting at 8 30 till 10 the second one is from 11 to 12 30 took five founder members in each group so it's 10 people who for for the year and we're now building up the members paying monthly and annually to, to supplement them and take the groups up to no more than 20 people in each group and I'm really looking forward to it the first one is tomorrow and that's why it was front of mind long answer simple question sorry well
0: I just love the idea of this soul practice club and going from the soul practitioner element to it to let's talk to your soul and bring in the purpose piece and yeah. why why you're doing that
1: I love it Um, I originally trained and qualified as an accountant after uh, I spent some time as a children's party entertainer and magician. Um, My parents were none too pleased when that was my first career choice. Um, And I, I, I trained and qualified as an accountant because I didn't know what else to do. This was in the days when you didn't have the internet. And so the options seemed to be more limited than perhaps they are now entrepreneur was certainly not in my mind as my wife will attest we've been married almost 40 years and I've been self-employed now for 16 and she wasn't very happy when I first went self-employed because I trained and qualified as a chartered accountant still didn't know what I would do once I qualified became a tax advisor did that for a long time headhunted a couple of times I had some a number of Uh, special official roles within the profession well known highly regarded but after the second time I was in a role that was made redundant I decided I want to focus on those elements of my career I really enjoy speaking writing and mentoring I've been doing them one way or another for years and the reason I do what I do now I work with accountants and tax advisors because I was an accountant and a tax advisor, and I understand their struggles. And I believe I can help them to build more successful practices, suffer less grief and pressure, and and I debunk the hype that often overwhelms and frustrates them. And what's lovely, I'm, I'm very widely connected on LinkedIn, twelve and a half thousand followers, something like that, which is it's it's good for somebody in my profession. I'm sure you have many listeners who have much much higher numbers than that, but. I'm largely focused. So most of those followers, certainly those that I'm connected to, are accountants, bookkeepers, tax advisors, or working with accountants, bookkeepers, and tax advisors. And, but I'm, I seem to be well known to it in some quarters beyond that, both in the magic world and in the speaking world, probably more so speaking in the UK than magic actually. I was treasurer of the magic circle for seven and a half years so that's mainly where I get my profile from, not from being a great performer. But I, 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 focus on the professions and the people that I know rather than trying to get into something that I didn't know. Um, some years ago, I was talking to a. I, I often talk to marketing people. I was talking to a marketing person. I said, "You know what?" I said, "For a long time, I've been." approached by people who want to work with accountants be they coaches trainers consultants software providers whatever it is they've had this brainwave that if they target accountants then the accountants can introduce them to their clients so build a relationship with an accountant and then you get introductions to all the accountants clients it's a shortcut and I've spent many years helping them appreciate that it what doesn't work like that and I have a a free guide, Uh, actually, I charge for it on my website, Um, the 15 biggest mistakes most people unwittingly make when they approach accountants for business or referrals to their clients. Ridiculously long title, Does what it says on the tin. And when I send that to people, uh, they often read it and go, oh, my goodness, I've misunderstood accountants. I've made assumptions that don't stack up. Or they say, oh, wow, now I know where I've been going wrong. Now I know what I've got to tweak in order to make those relationships work and get the referrals that I'm hoping for. Um, so I've been doing that for a long time. And a few years ago, I was talking to a marketing consultant. And I said, you know, what? I think I should take my own advice. Because I've been telling people it's really difficult to engage accountants. and." I find that too, despite reputation, credibility, longevity, connections, and all that sort of stuff. I don't engage as many as I'd like to. Maybe I should focus on other professions. When I was in practice as a tax advisor, I worked with lawyers, surveyors, barristers, property agents, all sorts of professional people. Maybe I should focus on helping them in the same way as I help accountants. And this marketing consultant was fantastic in his response. My my logic was undeniable to me, um, because I realized that I could probably engage more other professionals than I engaged accountants. But he said, but Mark, how many accountants are there that you could work with in the UK? And I said, it's about 30,000. You get a different number depending on who you ask. Uh, because there's no it's not like lawyers where there's a single place where they are where they're all registered there's eight to it's something between eight and a thousand different professional bodies for accountants uh you don't have to be qualified to call yourself an accountant so a whole that's a really important point by the way uh, anybody can call themselves an accountant um and so the th- say, say there's about thirty thousand accountants and he said how many accountants would you need to work with mentoring to feel you've been a success over the next 10 years? So I said, I don't know, about 300. This was a marketing guy, and I'm theoretically the accountant. I used to be. I'm all right now. Uh, He said, uh, said, 300, that's 1% of the market, of the 30,000. Are you telling me that you, with all your connections, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're not going to be able to get to 1% of your market in 10 years. And I thought, you are absolutely right. I'd be nuts to give up on the marketplace that I know and where I already have a a degree of what one might call a positive reputation. So I stuck with accountants, and I'm really pleased that I did.
0: And I love this, that you started feeling your whole career not knowing what you wanted to do feeling that your options were limited or probably didn't even realize they were limited at the time but with hindsight you can see that they might have been deemed that way but it took you several years before you realized after that second redundancy that you could actually focus on what you wanted to do and that it is largely that focus that has brought you towards a fulfillment that you now have
1: very, very very much so i <laughs> a, a funny story which again may resonate with some people i uh, i was part of a mastermind group years ago and they knew that i did various things It yeah, largely focused on accountants but i was mentoring uh, i was running online sessions uh, i was speaking at events i was uh, writing articles i, I, I there's 800 blog posts. I've got over 200 articles on a site that's had over a million views of my articles. It's great. And um, I said to this mastermind group, I'm trying to find an overall brand friddle rather than just Mark Lee. I think by then I, I was already Bookmark Lee, uh, my name being so common that I can't get domain names for Mark Lee, but I've got domain names for Bookmark Lee. My business card is a bookmark. Um, and for any NLP practitioners who are recognising, oh, that's clever. There's an embedded command to bookmark Lee. All I can tell you is it hasn't worked in terms of the number of bookings that I get by reference to to that. But I already had the domain name bookmark Lee, and I was using that and still use that now. But I wanted some sort of brand name, so we brainstormed ideas and. I was very, everybody recognised, I was focused on helping accountants stand out from the crowd and to stop being perceived of as boring. And the branding that we came up with jointly was genius, I thought at the time. Boring is optional. And I had... Um, Logo's down. I started rebranding my website. I did talks with "Boring is Optional." I rebranded my various eBooks "Boring is Optional," but with different titles. And my brain just exploded because I thought, right, I'll do "Boring is Optional" for accountants. Then I'll do "Boring is Optional" for lawyers, for teachers, for speakers. I'll have this whole ecosystem around the concept of "Boring is Optional." What a genius idea! Note what an idiot I was because I had made that classic mistake that many of us make. I know I'm not alone. When you're brainstorming new branding and new ideas, I had forgotten to ask my target audience what they thought. It didn't matter what my mastermind group thought. It didn't matter what friends and family thought. None of them were my target audience. And what I quickly learned was that accountants did not resonate with this concept because they didn't like to be reminded that people consider them to be boring. They don't think of themselves as boring. And so it fell completely flat and I dropped it entirely after a year. I think this is the first time I've spoken about it for probably seven or eight years. It's so long ago now, I don't think there's any reference to it online anywhere. Uh, There might be. Um, And I, I moved on from that to talk about how to stand out from the crowd, from your peers, from your competitors, how to be better remembered, referred and recommended. And many of those topics that I discuss and speak to accountants about and mentor accountants um, in respect of. I've also spoken at meetings of the Professional Speaking Association. And I think I've even addressed audiences at the Magic Circle on one or two topics those topics as well because the, the issues do go across across the world i've, I've talked to lawyers about them as well uh, being invited to lawyers conferences um it's and it's nice to get those inquiries to speak but i'm my audience focus is very targeted accountants and bookkeepers and tax advisors they're all pretty much the same in in that regard
0: so Perceiving that it it fell flat in your eyes, I mean, it may may have been that it did resonate, but it didn't necessarily come forth in in huge amounts of bookings, which is what you were looking for. And I'm sure there will be some footprint out there on the internet because you cannot lose <laughs> a complete trace of all sorts of things. So but in terms of of sharing that story and sharing that you made a mistake, and that actually you've failed forward and learning new things now mark tell me why it was important for you to focus on the audience focus on your why and focus on how you can help people but also what that means to you and translate it in your own personal world not just the professional side of things
1: years ago i got heavily into self-development personal development books relatively young age Uh, i remember i've still got it close at hand now how to win friends and influence people this is a book that uh i've had since 1978 so very very long time ago it had a profound impact on me A, a networking guru we both know will kintish says that that was the first book on networking skills um and I remember not only did I read that book in 1978, I bought copies of it to give as gifts to members of my family for Christmas in 1978. So important and powerful did I think that book was. It didn't go down very well as a gift uh, from me to, I mean, in fact, this copy that I have here that I'm referring to is the copy I gave to my dad. The title of this book is immaterial, it's the contents that count, and they really are worth a good read I, I i my dad's long long past but i have a feeling that he didn't take kindly to that despite how well intentioned it was it just it blew me away at the time i also listened to started listening to a self-improvement tapes this was in the days of cassette tapes i don't know how many of your listeners are old enough to remember cassette tapes <laughs> Um, but I, I had a sit. The first set I got was a six set tape, The Psychology of Achievement by Dr. Brian Tracy. And I then got The Psychology of Sewing by Dr. Brian Tracy. And I remember that they also had a profound impact on me. There was a self actualization, um, they, they encouraged you to repeat a mantra to yourself. Uh, and the one that was in the on the first tape was uh, every day in every way I'm getting better and better. That wasn't good enough for me. I can remember walking to the station to go to school, college. I think it was school um, with an adapted version, which was every day in every way in everything I think do or say I'm constantly improving, getting better all the time. Again, that is a, that is something I've just said out loud. It was only on the tip of my tongue because I was talking about it. I haven't said that 10, 20, 30 years, but I said it so often it stuck. And I think it, it had an impact on me. So I was, I was always looking to improve and to do better. And I was not academically gifted. I, up until the age of 10 or 11, I was top of the class at, at uh, primary school, did very well at primary school. Uh, secondary school, not so much. Didn't do very well with my O-levels or my A-levels. Struggled to get through my professional accountancy exams. I always benefited from people helping me and supporting me. But I think looking back, I got into tax training very early on when I was in the world of tax, so helping junior people develop skills, not just technical skills, but business, professional and personal skills as well. And I've never really put two and two together. Great question. But I think that getting into training at an early age, which followed on from me wanting to improve, not to help others to improve, is possibly why I have this passion for helping other people to develop and achieve their potential and be be the best they can. Um, And and that's possibly possibly why I do it. I'm of an age now where I... If I say I don't do it for money, the money is very nice. Don't get me wrong. But I'll be 65 later this year. And whilst I've no intention of retiring, it doesn't matter now that I don't earn what I used to earn as a partner in a top 10 firm of accountants. Yeah, it mattered to me for a long time that I wasn't earning that. It's history now. The more people I can help, the better. And um, I always encourage people links on my linkedin on my website i encourage people if they want to book a 15-minute call with me they can doesn't have to go anywhere and i was driving with my wife the other day and the phone was plugged into the car so the call came up on the on the car dashboard uh, it wasn't a number i recognized i took the call and it was a young lady who'd seen that i was a mentor on linkedin and she'd phoned up uh, to, for me to give her some advice on how she could get uh, the job of her dreams. Now, I don't do career advice, um, I don't do how to get a, a job as such. But, like most things accountants at all levels might ask me, I've got a degree of experience, I've got a degree of knowledge, and I've got views that I hope are helpful. In particular, I find that I debunk a lot of the hype and misconceptions. And I, while we were talking, I, I thought of somebody much better than me to help her uh, and put them in touch. And she was thrilled and sent me a lovely message afterwards. And it was it was nice, I, I apologised to my wife, I said, oh, I'm sorry I had to take that call. I I didn't have to. She said, no, it was lovely. She said, it was nice hearing you being so helpful to somebody, which was, That
0: was a nice feeling as well. So there was a really interesting reflection that you had, which you just shared about how you didn't realise what an impact personal development had, had really had on your both work and your personal life. And, I love that you gave those books well-intended as gifts for Christmas because I also did the same, you know, many books after finding something and thinking oh, that would be a wonderful gift, but it's not often received in the same way that it was intended, especially when the title is how to win friends and influence people, you know, <laughs> it's like, what, you'd think I don't have friends? Uh, <laughs> but both of, both uh, Dale Carnegie and Dr. Brian Tracy, incredibly formative people in the personal development industry. And still really relevant today, We're, you know, 50-plus years on, which is fascinating. Tell me, I love the the fact that you're debunking the hype and the misconceptions, and you mentioned earlier sort of trying to rid people of overwhelm and frustration. How does that manifest for for others? What What is it you're doing, and how do you do that?
1: Well, a, a lot of the time, I'm... Um, a lot of the time I'm helping people appreciate that the hype they see online isn't real, it's not genuine, it can't be believed. And and there's a lot of people out there selling dreams that are unlikely to be achievable by everybody. There's, there's utter nonsense you see out there. In a, in a generic sense, uh, we often hear people Uh, When they achieve a sporting uh, goal or they win a competition, they go, it just goes to prove if you never give up, you can always, anyone can achieve their dream. No, I'm sorry. It it proves that you've done it. The person who came second probably worked almost as hard, but they haven't achieved it. And let's not demean their efforts. And let's also recognise that for a lot of people, achieving that dream doesn't have to be the goal Uh, i I nearly wrote a book years ago with with a friend we sat down and brainstormed a a book that never got written it's okay not to have goals Um, which would have been very much along the lines of you're more likely to achieve something if you set out with an ambition towards it but don't worry don't beat yourself up if you don't get there and more specifically, to your to your question, uh, I've been dare say the use, recognized as one of the most active and influential accountants on social media for 10, 11, 12 years. Now, I, you know, the, the first specific reference I can have to being the most networked accountant in the UK was in what was an accountancy magazine in 2011. So I'm uh, going back a, a long time. I've been very active on Twitter, very active on LinkedIn, less active on other platforms, but all the time, even on Twitter, when I was delivering talks to accountants about how to use Twitter, to how to understand it, how to get active on social media. Ironically, despite being routinely highly ranked as an influencer and well connected, ironically, I'm frequently saying, don't bother, don't waste your time. And then I explain. Wine, it's a waste of time. I'm talking to accountants here in practice and looking up what it is they want to achieve and who their target audience is. And I always point out the first thing to do I didn't think I was going to get onto this. Uh, I, I, I talk about the five M's. So the first M is what's your motive? Why are you thinking of getting involved in social media? Is it to get new clients? Is it to build your profile? So First M is motive. Second M is market. Who is it you want to reach? Third M is message. What's the message you want to get to your market that will help you achieve your motive? Only then, when you know the answer to those three questions, do you look at the fourth M, which is which which media is going to help you get your message to your market to achieve your motive. For most accountants, the answer is not Twitter. The answer is not Instagram. For many younger people, it will be. I know an accountant in his 20s who only spends time on Instagram, but his target audience are young influencers who are building up their profiles on Instagram. That's a very different audience to most accountants. The fifth, then, is what methods will you use with that media to get your message to your market to achieve your motive? And I talk about LinkedIn a lot, and I debunk a lot of the hype around posting on LinkedIn, how often you have to post, what sort of posts you have to do. And because a lot of that advice is written by marketing and social media people who are targeting other people like them. And yes, you can be successful if you're you're very active doing those things. But as an accountant in practice with other priorities and regular work from all your clients, you probably don't have the time to do that. So I suggest alternative ways that they can make LinkedIn work for them without having to spend as much time as some of the hype would suggest is crucial. So those are some examples.
0: I love the 5Ms. It's fantastic. The the methods that you can use on media to get your message across to the market to achieve your motive. Boom. All in 5Ms. Love it. Oh, goodness. I've learned something new again today. I love I love it. Uh, it's always useful to have some kind of of system that you can sort of really hone in and focus on and that's that's something that's really important to me is that yes I talk about focus on why and we talk about the purpose but the focus piece is equally as important to me and and so it's a lot about the focusing on what's important to you. But not just starting and off you go with with what that is, but to really hone in and bring it back to that again. So you've mentioned focus a lot in your episode so far today, Mark, because it's clearly important to you. Do you feel that you are naturally focused, or do you have to force it at all?
1: Uh, oh, I think I I force it. I I found a lot of times when I'm doing podcast interviews over the last few years. I've reflected back and realized that the answers I give to questions now, in my 60s, are probably very different to answers I would have given 10, 20, certainly 30 years ago. And in some respects, I'm much more focused now than I have ever been. And it's important to me because, I mean, am I in the latter part of my life? Probably. Uh, One one way or another. So it becomes more important to make the best use of my time. Um, And I've been invited to a dinner in town tomorrow in, in London. And I was very much in two minds whether to go to it because I pretty much, it's a software house. They're paying for us to go to a very nice dinner in the evening. You know, six or seven influencers in the accounting world. I know what I'm going to be saying to them. I know what the others are going to say. I can anticipate what the others are going to say Um, and I know that it's going to be I'm just going to enjoy the company of the other people there but there was a big part of me saying why are you bothering for Mark you're going into town especially for an evening dinner do you really need to do that the answer is no I don't need to do it and I'm doing it to help the software house and to have some interesting conversations and maybe it will lead to more collaborations because In addition to the uh, sole practice club that I mentioned at the the top of the episode, I'm also running monthly webinars for accountants, not just sole practitioners, in collaboration with other providers who either have big lists so we can both attract, expand the number of people we're attracting, or they're paying me a lot of money because I can promote the webinar very effectively and get them to another audience. So there's a possibility for me, something will come from that tomorrow. But if it doesn't, I'll have a nice dinner, some nice conversations, and maybe something will happen down the line. I'm not that focused that I only do things that are gonna generate, that have the prospect of generating an immediate reward now.
0: And you mentioned that you're nearing that retirement age, and yet I don't see any signs here of any slowing down. If, if you know, the opposite, really, what is it that you are looking to achieve in in these latter years, Mark, in terms of legacy and in terms of personal fulfillment?
1: It's a really difficult question that, because I, I'm always flattered when people say that they recognize my name or delighted to talk to me at last because I've got this profile and all the rest of it and that is lovely and I think before I had my second redundancy I probably believed the publicity more than I do now if you like and I've been encouraged numerous times to write a book because collect my blog posts or whatever to give them some longevity and I as I say this, I'm looking at my bookshelf. I'm looking at the books by other gurus, consultants, coaches, mentors to the profession, going, okay? there's no point in me writing a me-too book. It would just be another one, plus a lot of time and effort goes into it. Would it give me more longevity than leaving the blog posts online? Mike, might, because the site might disappear. I, I don't know. I do love the idea that, invariably, if I have a conversation with somebody, And I say, I'll send you something that might be of interest. Nine times out of 10, I can send them a link to something I've written previously. And if I haven't, chances are it'll be the next thing I write about. So I I don't really think about the legacy bit. I I mentioned earlier that uh, I have an an online business, um, which is called findataxadvisor.online, which set up 15 years ago uh, to help. Initially, it was to help accountants find a tax advisor to support them in providing advice to their clients, but it's available to the public, so anybody can access it. if If they need specialist tax advice, you have to pay for the tax advice. You don't pay to use the website. And the intention was always to build it up and to sell it. Whether it will ever sell for anything like what I was hoping to get for it, I don't know. But it would be very nice for it to have some longevity beyond me and and for me to get some reward for putting 15 years into it. It's very highly ranked on Google, which is lovely. And, And one of the reasons for setting it up originally was, and continuing it, was because it was the only thing I'm involved with that might, could in theory, have a capital value and be saleable. I've sort of toned down my expectations about what I ever might sell it for uh, in recent years, but that ambition hasn't gone away. But I don't spend as much time as I could building it up because I enjoy everything else that I do. And just finally coming back to your point about I appear to be so focused and and very active. I'm not going to say appearance can be deceptive, even though as a member of the Magic Circle, you might expect me to be into deception um but we all know i i suspect that when we're home-based self-employed we can work whenever we want to work so i write my blog posts during the week i'll have an idea and go oh that could be good uh and i'll note down a few lines and I might come back to it later in the week note down a few more lines or I might go back to an earlier post and delete the old one but use that as a basis for a new one without spending too much time on it Um, I make time to go out with the grandchildren I make time to go out with my wife Uh, I'm fully fully self-employed but not work I don't work 10 hours a day I'm at my I'm rarely at my desk much before 10 and I generally finish at my desk at seven but I'll have had an hour and a half two hour walk during the day since the pandemic so I'm not working flat out but boy am I happy doing what I'm doing because I'm helping so many people Uh, and I like some I, I like getting the thanks for it more so than recognition it's just nice to be helping people and in terms of where does that come from with all due credit to my parents I would say it largely comes from my wife um she is the most wonderful friend to her friends and the most wonderful inspiration for being a good person and helping other people and that's really rubbed off on me and if forced to think about where does it come from in me, almost certainly comes from her.
0: Well, after forty years together, I'm not surprised.
1: 43 three years together. There
0: we go. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Mark, oh, what I'm hearing here, is, and you said that your, your your passions lie in the three areas of speaking, writing, and, and mentoring. I'm hearing that there could be some repurposing of those blogs into a fantastic podcast that could be then accessible and will be there for. A, forever
1: yeah i I think you're probably right at various times i've considered doing a podcast and then i talk to people who've developed the skills and uh, and and built a great audience as you have done and i hear one it's a lot more work than than us listeners might think so it's great being interviewed because i don't have to do do that work but secondly and it was in my five m's is having clarity over who your target audience is and i admit i haven't done it for a year or two but after podcasts started to be developed and everybody was telling accountants you must do a podcast I okay, going, depends who your audience is do you think they can listen to podcasts mark listen to yourself answer your own question so i would routinely ask accountants which podcasts do you listen to what do you enjoy to which the standard response was what's a podcast So my target audience wasn't listening to them. There are more podcasts for accountants out there now than there were. Um, I could build an audience there. I would enjoy doing it. It's a a bit like the book, though. I think it's going to take more time to do than I would enjoy. Um, Yeah, I love the idea of interviewing other people. I, I have at various times mapped out the introduction and outro for podcasts i thought about which podcasts i would model or at least be influenced by in terms of the style and approach and and, I've, and then i've stepped back and gone now is it actually going to help enough people compare is it the best use of my time are there other ways i can use my time to reach the same audience or a bigger audience or a better or more appropriate audience um, and so I, I've never, I've never done it. I may yet do, you know, if, I, if I was, thank goodness I'm not, but if I was homebound or whatever and couldn't get out at all, maybe it would be something I would start doing because I'd need to fill the time more and, and it would be a useful, productive thing to do. So thank you for the encouragement. Uh, I can't see it happening anytime soon, unless all of a sudden I get thousands of you know, accountants saying to me, Mark. We want a podcast. Got to tell you, I've never had thousands of accountants asking me to do anything.
0: <laughs> well, I love that I love the fact that re- reminding yourself that you only ever needed three hundred to feel that you were a success early on, you know it could be that you have a smaller audience, but as you say, is it worth doing? and and this is a key message. your your message today has been all the way through, focus on what others need and want and desire to to ensure that you are not wasting your time because time is of the the sort of essence here and that is that has been an overriding sort of again message which is that it, well, how are you spending your days how are you spending your moments and i say this a lot it's a, it's not just about filling in the moments it's about creating moments which are fulfilling and it, it really is. And you've just epitomized that message here. So thank you. How could people get in touch with you?
1: Oh, that's lovely. Well, the, my website is bookmark.ly. That's B-O-O-K-M-A-R-K-L-W-E dot co dot U-K. Um, otherwise, LinkedIn is probably the best way on LinkedIn. Of all the Mark Lees, and there's over 5,000 of us on LinkedIn, I'm bookmark.ly, which is the easy one, Mark FCA, which is a, Fellow of the Institute of Chartered Accountants. Very happy for anybody to follow me there or connect with me there. Uh, But those are the two best ways. I've got a Twitter account, Bookmark Lee, I've got a Facebook business bookmark Lee. Yeah, I'm bookmark Lee wherever I am. But and but Twitter for me, it's a fast-flowing river. My target audience aren't always going to be dipping in when I'm posting. So Twitter is largely, yeah, here's my blog posts. And if anybody Clicks the links and reads them great. Um, but I've got eight and a half thousand followers on LinkedIn, sorry, on, on Twitter, and I follow fewer than 600, I think. So it suggests somebody, well, it actually suggests, because I don't believe all the hype, it suggests that years ago when people were more active on Twitter, thousands of people followed me. I don't believe they're all active on Twitter anymore. They're just still there, because that's how these things work. You know, I wrote, uh, years ago, I wrote on uh, why I'm not on Google Plus. And then why I'm not on, what was the most recent one? Clubhouse. The the radio. Yeah, why I'm not on Clubhouse. Because my target audience, the people I really want to reach, are unlikely to be there, unlikely to engage. So why bother? And in the same way, if I could maybe finish with a, a, a closing thought... I talk a lot about how to be better remembered, referred and recommended, how to stand out from the crowd but standing out from your peers, from your competition and from the pack might make you more memorable but we need to be evidently the right choice for someone to choose to work with us. Standing out isn't enough and that's again if you like where I debunk the hype. It's not enough to stand out, you've got to be your audience, target audience has got to understand that you're relevant, reliable, and appropriate for their needs. How can you help them do that?
0: How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple Podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.